This is Alan Karpik with uh, Tom Deanhart, uh, obviously our uh, Purdue football beat writer extraordinaire for goldenblack.com. And it is time for the Acre Pro Buy Sell, which uh, we kind of laugh offline. This is kind of as much conjecture, fun, uh, hard to hard <laughs> put Tom in a hard spot in some of these things, just in terms of what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. Uh, we still don't have a lot of a sample size after the Boilermakers 39 to 35 loss to Fresno State. They are, Purdue, going to Virginia Tech this week. First time in the state of Virginia, I think, for the history of Purdue football. Uh, that'll be a uh, an experience. First time for Tom Deanhart, correct, in Lane Stadium, right? Uh, I've been there before. Oh, you have been there. I'm sorry. I, don't, I think that was case. So, and so you've you've seen Enter Sandman and seen all that as well at one time. I'm not even sure if they were doing Enter Sandman when I was there. I, I think I think I heard I saw last night they started it in 2000. So, um, yes, yeah. So mm-hmm. they have. Uh, uh, you know, it's a situation too that uh, a big a big road game, obviously for Purdue and the Boilermakers uh, want to right the ship, Tom. And uh, you know, I think that's that kind of goes without saying. Is Purdue really uh, had a chance to win game one, but they also, in some ways, uh, were dominated by Fresno State, or at least Fresno State had the upper hand. All right, it is a road game. Uh, Purdue has won, uh, I think, what say four out of this last six. Uh, non-conference road games. I don't know if that number is, if I got that number right, but it seemed like more than I had anticipated. But you have a chance. Uh, I thought it was an interesting statistic for both Virginia Tech and Purdue. Neither team turned the ball over. Um, and I don't think either team took a sack. So I'm going to set it at, I'm going to set that total number at four between the two statistics. Again, uh, you might as well throw something up in the air, but uh do you see those numbers increasing? Uh, uh, and I'm saying Purdue. Will Purdue have four, it's a combination between being sacked four times and or turning the ball over four times? The Boilermakers, how do you how do you see that one playing out against on the road against a, what should be a raucous environment? Are they going to have a, is Purdue going to have four? Yeah, they'll, they'll combine, yeah, I, I complained about four, a combined four, either like three sacks and one turnover, two oh. sacks, two turnovers. That type of thing. Well, that I would say, left. yeah, I, I would say they they should reach that total. Um, um, get some combination of of sacks and and turnovers. I think they had two sacks and one turnover takeaway last week. So there was three. They just missed it. But um, yeah, I, th- I think they have a chance. I don't, I'm not sure how good Virginia Tech. You know, I know offensively they're better than they were last year. They have a veteran quarterback, and. Uh, was it Marshall transferred to Virginia Tech's been there for a little bit, but I, I think Purdue <clears throat> showed and get some pressure last week. Uh, this is a bigger quarterback. Unlike Mikey Keene at Fresno state, I think they can get after him. And, and we saw some ball hawking last week in the Purdue secondary. So yeah, I, I think Purdue has a chance to at least get a combination of four, uh, four sacks and, and, uh, and, and takeaways here on Saturday at Lane stadium. How about conversely, will Purdue commit for turnovers and or not for, for be sacked and Hudson card, not sacked last time, last week he did. He was under pressure maybe a couple of times, not all that often. It didn't seem, uh, but do you think Purdue, uh, Purdue holds that number under four uh, in terms of what it does with its offense? Yeah, I think so. Again, I, I haven't really seen Virginia tech or, 
know too much about what they do defensively, how much pressure they bring. I know they got a transfer from Florida, comes off the yeah. edge, they like a lot. Um, so yeah, you know, the Purdue offensive line didn't allow a sack last last week against Fresno State. Uh, um, so I, a pretty I, good defensive line for Fresno State, right? I mean, some experience at least. Yeah, I think Purdue will keep that under four. I think they'll have, uh, I think they'll give up fewer than a combination of uh, four of sacks and and, and and turnovers that they will be under four on Saturday. Yeah. Um, over under 47 and a half. And, and, and again, Virginia Tech last year, I don't think scored over 30 points in a game. Uh, they obviously had 36 last week. Uh, I'm not, it's too early in the week for you to predict the winner. Uh, Purdue, I think of roughly a three point underdog, but uh, are you buying over 47 and a half? Uh, the weather, I think is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, it's a noon start to what, to, what, what do you think on that? Uh, you buying over 47 and a half in this game. Do you think both teams will combine for over that in total? Yeah, I think it'll be more than 47 and a half when it's all said and done. Um, Again, the tech offense showed some some promise last week against uh, Old Dominion. Scored over thirty points, and of course Purdue did as well. And uh, I think both defenses are still sort of finding their way. So I, I think when it's all said and done, I think we'll exceed that that over under mark, and and the combined score will be over uh, over that forty seven and a half. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a free flowing game. Uh, uh, um, you know, Virginia Tech, obviously, in its heyday, and it's been a while since they've been in their yeah. heyday, uh, was really good defensively, really good on special teams. Those kinds of things uh, were, were a calling card of the Hokies under under yeah. Frank B. Uh, not the case right now. But, boy, Purdue special teams, at least in the return game, uh, uh, was big last week. I mean, you had a, one of the longer punt returns in a while, out there, at least one of the higher end ones, a 29 yarder by TJ Sheffield. And then, of course, the kick return by Purdue, uh, by Tyrone Tracy. I don't know how to put that in an over under, but uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, we'll let's talk about a, a either a, a kick return of over 35 yards or a punt return over 20 of buying or selling that for Purdue in week two do you think the return game was flick I mean the, the one thing about Sheffield's return it was a short kick caught it on the fly and and went uh, uh do you think Purdue has some has some skill in that punt return game or is it is it uh, was that just an aberration last week yeah I, I, I think they showed that ability to um they have big returns. So let's, let's, let's go ahead and say, yeah, they, they will, I guess. Um, um, you know, uh, Tracy looked good running that kickoff 98 yards for a touchdown to open up the mm -hmm. second half and Sheffield had a 29 yard punt return that set up a Purdue touchdown. So uh, let's say the special teams party will continue on Saturday. Yeah. Frankie Williams, I was looking that up about the longest punt returns. He had the, Three of the three of the five back in the Daryl Hazel days. Who who would remember Frankie? But he was the defensive back who 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 had a corner when he with that uh, had a chance to return kicks. And of course, last last year, uh, though he did not have a great year in returning punts, 
coming in as such, but but uh, Charlie Jones did have a 40-yarder against Florida Atlantic. That was the longest one last year. Uh, but uh, again, uh, yeah. I, I, I would, I think, you know, in the, in the return game, I was surprised a little bit that Tracy, that they blocked that obviously extremely well. And he had a, he had a, uh, a clear path. I don't know if, you know, I don't look at Tyrone Tracy's guy that's going to run away from a ton of people, but uh, they had it to where, where it, it, it almost seemed easy on a 98 yard return. And you know that back in the days of Frank Beamer, like we talked about Virginia Tech, they would never let these kind of things happen. But uh, things have been different uh, in hokey land of late, and Purdue needs to bank on if it's going to get out of there with a win that uh, that uh, Virginia Tech has yet to find itself. Uh, we'll see how that how that goes from that standpoint. All right, Hudson Card ran the ball six times. We've talked about this a little bit. Some of them look to be, you know, uh, not a lot of not, you know, not all not all designed runs by any stretch uh, a lot of some scrambling opportunities he only did not get sacked though I think he did have a did get have one where he got just barely back to the line of scrimmage you know <coughs> conventional wisdom thinks Purdue will be careful with Hudson Card just because of the lack of uh, experience behind him but uh you buying or selling that he's going to will have more than six carries this weekend against Virginia Tech I think he'll have um I think he'll have more than six carries. Um, uh, I'm sure they want to be careful with him, but at some point you, you got to win football games, and uh, you, you, can, you can't worry about guys getting hurt. So uh, you, you got to use the weapons you've got and, and roll the dice. And Hudson Card's one of the playmakers this team has, and for them not to utilize his ability to run the football, I think would be awfully silly if they want to win football games. So there's not a, there's not a lot of difference makers and playmakers on many teams. And yeah, you let those guys have the ball and go. So I, I think uh, I think Hudson Card will have over six carries on Saturday. Yeah, I, I mean, without to be, being privy to the game plan or what they're trying to get done, I got to think he'll have a chance. He and he missed some. He he for whatever reason didn't. Uh, he may have had a couple opportunities for bigger gains. A couple couple. Uh, what I would call belly series of Devin Mockaby, where Mockaby ended up keeping the ball and going up the middle and not getting a big play where I thought it looked yeah. like it could have gone around end. We talked about that in Saturday simulcast as well. But, uh, you know, it's also a guy, you know, Tom, you've written about this and talked about it. It's it, it, you're, this whole exercise, even today, we, we, we've got one game to look at. And Purdue's obviously going to, it's going to be a big storyline of what Purdue does. Uh, to adjust and to improve in week one to week two. And I think that that's, uh, you have to think that uh, the, I would agree with you that they're going to try to get the hand, get the ball in the hands of the guys that can make plays. And uh, he'd certainly uh, be in that boat. Devin Mockaby at 67 yards. Correct. I think most of them in the second half last week. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to give the over under on 67. Does he go? Does he? Does he get a bigger game? Uh, he showed it certainly in the second half where he had a couple of big runs and a couple of important runs. That really was one that put Purdue ahead with what four minutes and 36 seconds left. Uh, the Boilermakers weren't able to hold on. Uh, are you buying or selling? He's going to be over be over uh, two thirds of a hundred on uh, on Saturday. I think you will if if Purdue wants to if Purdue wants to win the game, Alan. Yeah. I think he's going to have to have over 60 yards. Um, you know, I talked to Graham Harrell about that this week. You know, he, they like all three of their backs. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they just didn't 
get any of them going in the first half last week. And most of Mockaby's yards came in the second half. We saw what he can do. We know what he can do. We saw those glimpses that flash, you know, and uh, he's special. And Devin Mockaby, Hudson Card, and Deion Burks, and when he's healthy, Garrett Miller. Those are the four guys, Alan, <clears throat> that that got to be the the difference makers, and they are the playmakers, I think, for this offense. And Mockaby, you know what? No offense to Tyrone Tracy or, or Dylan Downing. I want to get Mockaby lathered up. I want to use him and uh, let him use his that, that, that innate ability just to, to find seams and, and break tackles and get in the open field. Tracy and Downing can't do that. So, uh, yeah. again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say over. Uh, for Purdue's sake, like I said, uh, I think, I think it's, it goes without saying that <clears throat> the closer he gets to 100 yards, the more likely Purdue is going to win this ball game. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he's utilized on, on Saturday here. Yeah, no doubt. And that's uh, going to be a big storyline in terms of – I know last week we talked about over-under for Ty Tyrone Tracy and five rushes. He only ran it three times. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, I, I just think you're right. I think it's it's got so much to do with the – Maccabee has got to be the guy that's really going to yeah. be – I mean, they can use Tracy in certain situations. And Dylan Downing had, what, a couple carries in the game. But uh, there's once we saw the second half, again, it was kind of a reminder of the difference between – at least yeah. uh, what Mockaby can be doing as a running back. I mean, he's the best back they've had in, in 20 years, Alan. The yeah. best back they've had. Why? I mean, he, should, he shouldn't be sharing carries with anybody. Uh, those guys could be change of pace guys and, and give them a blow. But I guess I'm, I'm of the belief that let's ride him, man. Let's let's let him go. And because um, Purdue's a heck of a lot better if, if he's rolling. Yeah, no doubt. That's going to be a, uh, a thing where – where um, you know you have to think that uh, that uh, Purdue, if they're going to be successful, that Hudson Card's going to have to have a mm -hmm. big day, and and uh, Devin Mockaby will need to as well. Okay, now here's the most important question. You know, I haven't spent a lot of time. I didn't, in fact, watching Inner Sandman. You said you've been there, and 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 it's become a big. Obviously, it's one of the biggest traditions yeah. in college football now. I want to know the over-under of how many times Tom Diener is going to move his head, bang his head forward. Is it going to be four, zero? Now you're thinking about it. You're, how many will you – Will you? I mean, you almost can't when that thing starts. You almost can't do something. Uh, just uh, it is pretty amazing sight to watch, at least when you watch it. In fact, even last game, I thought – I thought, you know, they had 65,000 for, for Old Dominion. It was jammed, I anticipate. Huh. I stood correct. I think they're going to have some empty seats this week. I don't think so. So uh, what do you think? You're going to, you going to be able to hold it together during that whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> they had, they, they had, they had 65,000 last week. They had 65,000. It was full house. And I watched the, watched the tape of it. You can watch the Sandman on, uh, uh, yeah, from I saw that, that game yeah. from, uh, on YouTube. And I had not really, like I said, I hadn't really seen a lot of it to, over <laughs> the years. I obviously all used to jump around with Wisconsin, but this, yeah, it is, yeah. it is impressive, uh, what they do, especially coming off a three and eight season last year. I was impressed. Yeah. To, I'm sure there'll be some little bit late showing folks, but I think they like to be there at game time, even with that noon kick. New so you're gonna go I'm, four I'm, under. You're gonna keep. You're gonna hold I'm, over. I'm, I'm over. I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of Metallica. Been a big fan yeah. for, for 40 years, I guess. Going back to their first album in 1983, "Kill 'Em All," and then they, ah. really, then they really crossed over, you know, with that black album in 1990 with Inner Sandman, and and more and more people 
sort of became quoting you know Metallica fans. But yeah, cool tradition, right? And uh, it ought to be fun. Too bad it's not a night game. I bet it's even crazier after everybody's all lubed uh. up and they play that. But yeah, Virginia Tech, Alan. I tell you what, um, I was there probably in two thousand two. Uh, when they played Pitt, and Pitt had uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and they yeah. beat him in Blacksburg, and uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, then I actually had family. I remember when this getting started. Apparently, I I, I think yeah. I read that somewhere it was thousand. I could be wrong on that number. Well, they were rolling then, Al. I saw Tech play. Oh, yeah. I saw him play for the national championship at the end of the '99 season when they had Vic and they played yeah. Florida State down in New Orleans. And that was a great State game. Beat him with Peter Warwick and those guys and Chris Wanky. But, you know, you talked about Beamer Ball. I was like a Beamer Ball. I think it's special teams that you talked about. And that's really what they built that program on were special teams, the block kicks and the scores they would get on special teams. And I always think of uh, Bud Foster, the defensive coordinator. Yeah. And he was a real – real face of that program too in addition to beamer obviously and bud foster my god what a job he did sort of virginia tech's brock's back right except yeah, yeah, Bud no was there even longer than brock was at purdue and uh just a great program so many great players there they had it going so good for so long they hit they hit the down times after after beamer retired justin fuente just came in there alan <clears throat> you know uh Ryan Walters actually coached for Justin in Memphis. That's one of his coaching stops. And Justin got fired after the 2021 season at Tech. Uh, he, he know, he left there with a winning record, but they were they were backsliding. And, and then they made the switch to Brent Pry. He's in his second year. And Brent was at Penn State for a long time running their defense. So it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about this today, Alan. You got two defensive head coaches matched up against yeah. each other, which has got to be a rarity in this day, right? Brent Pry versus Ryan Walters, two guys, again, that came from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so, yeah, there's some fun storylines here. <clears throat> yeah, I was going I was going to say earlier, we had family that lived in Blacksburg. So we'd go there as a kid. I'd go there as a kid. It was funny. Yeah, back really? I'd never been there. Yeah. yeah, back then I've got a – I had T-shirts I'd bring back. And they, they called them the Fighting Gobblers. Oh, yeah. The Virginia Tech Fighting Gobblers. I can still see the logo. I had a shirt. <clears throat> I had notebooks. Uh, somewhere along the line, they got rid of fighting gobblers. And I, I don't think they like being called fighting gobblers at all now. Somehow they retired that nickname and, and they, they've got Hokies. But I still always think of the Virginia Tech fighting gobblers <laughs> of all those years ago. But, yeah, just a great program that's um, that's kind of a little bit falling on hard times. And, you know, Alan, they think they can win this game, obviously, right? Oh, yeah. They probably all think they're going to kick Purdue's butt. And uh, great, great, just a great opportunity for Purdue, Allen. And uh, as we know, you don't want to come home zero and two, right? Um, you yeah. got three home games after that, but you certainly, boy, can Purdue beat Syracuse, Wisconsin, and Illinois? I don't know. So uh, we've talked about the importance of September a lot. You lost a, you let one, you let one get away last week, right? Uh, yep. Opportunity to go on the road, maybe getting away will help Purdue. And they can gain a lot of confidence with that us against the world mentality going to a raucous place like Virginia Tech. And I think beating the Tech team, we all agree, Alan, it's, 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 it's probably very beatable. 
and uh, at least now you better get well and i don't know if it's fair to say you better get them now but you it is a game that you you know you look at back on the schedule back when Purdue played virginia tech the last time 2015 uh yeah, you thought kind of that return game and they were and they were starting to slow some, some yeah. show some signs leaking at that point under frank yeah. beamer uh, but you thought, God, that turn game, you know, you're not going to have it. Interesting. That was a weird game too. And again, most of the games in the Daryl Hazel era were forgettable, but, uh, Purdue had a fumble recovery return for a touchdown, 90 yards, Danny Wichiku. Huh. They, they being Virginia Tech had a fumble return for a touchdown and, uh, also had a block punt return. Uh, so they did do the job in special teams against Purdue in that game. Uh, to win that one 51 to 24. Uh, Markel Jones had a 60 yard run, but uh, to kind of keep it, keep it a little bit uh, under wraps, but it was not close. Uh, that much I remember in, in a late afternoon game. Uh, and again, most of those games have been wiped from the memory of, of Purdue. Uh, Purdue cool fans. All right. Well, Frank Beamer got What's to come that? to West Lafayette. Kind of cool. Frank Beamer got to come to West Lafayette. I wonder, wonder, I wonder why the the turnaround and the return trip was so so far apart too. It's kind of interesting too, isn't it? I think I think it got postponed. I don't know though. It seems to me in 2015 that it was way down the. You know, Purdue had had a couple of those with Cincinnati too, where they had some real separation. I, as I recall, I think thinking in 2015, oh gosh, you know, who knows where I'll be in 2023, <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know why, uh, you know, these things are funny, you know, how Fresno State gets on the schedule and all the things now with the moving things around. And I think maybe also the FCS stuff at, at that time too was percolating and where you're going to have to change some games around. I don't know, but uh, uh, it does seem strange that you have eight years in between the uh, uh, a return game yeah. and that uh that is ab absolutely the case so uh all right uh i appreciate you working your way through this because it, <laughs> these things it's it is it's kind of more fun than anything else it's like who the heck knows what's going to happen but we'll we'll see if we can uh see what comes up uh, on saturday yeah we'll know a lot by about three fifteen on on saturday the schools uh, are it, these schools are a lot alike too, Alan. Um, oh yeah, very similar schools. Uh, very ag schools, engineering schools, blue collar schools, and then they've got their sister school. It's more the law school and then all that uh, in Virginia and Indiana. So, just uh, a lot of similarities too academically between between Virginia Tech and Purdue too. It's going to be an interesting game and uh, and a very very important one for Ryan Walters and company. Not just to, just to not yeah you want to win it, but you want to play well. You want to put your best foot forward and and uh, Purdue's got an opportunity to do that. All right, I want to thank uh, AcrePro.com. We appreciate all that they do for us. And Kyle Spray, 775-775-6502. If you're doing a 1031 exchange or just want to buy some farm real estate, reach out to the folks at AcrePro. Kyle will take your call, or you can go to acrepro.com. Uh, we appreciate all they do for us as a sponsor of Golden Black and our, our Tuesday afternoon, evening uh, tradition, uh, AcrePro buy, sell. And uh, we'll look forward to next week as we will look ahead to that Syracuse night game. I'll come up, try to come up with some other silly things. <laughs> like how many times will this, will the, uh, 
smoke come out of the tiller tunnel because everybody's talking about what's going to happen in the tiller tunnel next at night. Yeah. And now that it will be fully finished, one would think by the time Purdue and Syracuse take it on. So got have a great week, everybody. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. They got what to do that uh, Tyler Trent student interest isn't done yet. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the tiller tunnel won't be dedicated till September 30th. So, yeah, they got work to do there too, Alan. But it looked good Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, it did look good, and, and there's there are some things to finish up. Uh, certainly, as Mike Babinski said, ninety five percent done, but there are some things that uh, need to be polished up. We've got good weather and a little bit of time before that night game against Syracuse. So, yeah. everybody have a great week. Thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you next week on our AcrePro.com buy sell. <laughs>